It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Oh, yeah, we're hitting back. The painkiller. The painkiller. Kevin, Kevin Jackson. We need to start acting like a big boy football. It's time for the jet tax to die. You're listening to Weapons Hot on Sports War Radio and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Darnold fires one into the end zone. It is caught. That's a tip touchdown. And now here is your host, CJ the Painkiller, DeSimone, and Kevin Jackson. What's going on, Jets Nation? Welcome to another edition of Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, Sports War Radio, Snowman Digital Media, and quite frankly, any place where you get your New York Jets fix. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's go ahead and bring on our bring on my co-host. Ladies and gentlemen, you know him, you love him. There he goes, the brother man himself. Put your hands together for Mr. Kevin Jackson. Another episode of Weapons Hot. Um, you know, we've got a few things to discuss, obviously, but uh, as, as most folks already know, today's the big day. Um, we're actually going to see the culmination of what, uh, for us, was an extremely difficult season. But uh, for, uh, obviously, fans of two particular teams, is ending up just the way that they hoped that it would. Um, we'll discuss uh, predictions. We'll discuss, you know, what it is that we think about the game. But uh, I'll be honest, most of the folks that are tuning in are Jets fans. Let's discuss some Jets news. That's really all I give a shit about right now. So let's let's get it in. Um, obviously, we don't have any guests today, but uh, you know, I, I don't enjoy doing this any more than I do and do doing it with the guys that I have on the line today. So CJ, Jim, appreciate you guys, man. The season's getting ready to wrap up. We got some stuff to discuss, obviously, as far as we're concerned. But uh, what do you think about uh, how it is that the season in general is wrapping up today, Jim? Well, we're going to talk about that in just a moment. So in the meantime, let's bring on our third wing man. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Jimmy, the Reaper, Jardine! Woo! (laughs) All we are is entertainment kind of in our own... Reaper, what's going on, brother? Awesome, guys. Hey, I'm doing. Hey, CJ, I want to thank you for for saying, hey, let's do the show at four. And then <laughs> and then going, hey, why not two? <laughs> well, I'm two hours. I'm two hours behind these guys. OK, chat, so let, me, let me just explain this. So the 2 p.m. This is noon for me right now. And they're messaging me, and I'm like, I just woke up. And everybody's like, what? <laughs> Dude, I'm going to be honest with you. I totally forgot that you were two hours behind. And, you know, hey, look. All right, full, full disclosure, I'm being all selfish about this. I wanted to go. The reason why I wanted to do a 2 o'clock show today is so that way, you know, me and the missus can get all the cooking done, get everything that we got to get done, so that way we can sit down and enjoy the Super Bowl tonight. I'm sure Kevin was telling me all his stuff that he's got going on off the air. So I'm sure Jimmy probably got his plans all ready to go. It's noon by his spot, so I'm sure you're probably happy about getting this out of the way soon, so that way you could do what you got to do over there. So, you know. This, this is 
absolutely how I roll. Okay, so I'm ready to talk Jets 24 hours, seven days a week. So <laughs> it don't matter what time this show is. A- a- amen to that. All right, so without further ado, let's get into today's topics, okay? Now, the title of the show, Recon Missions. We're continuing the Recon Mission series. And we're going to take a look at silly season because that's exactly what we're in. All right, we're talking about rumors about Deshaun Watson, about Sam Donald being on the block. Uh, rumors that the Jets are going after this person, the Jets are going after that person, the Jets should go after this guy, the Jets should go after that guy. There's mock drafts coming out everybody's rear end about who the Jets should take at the number two uh, overall pick at this year's upcoming draft, or the other scenarios about the Jets trading out, or if the Jets are going to trade that pick to get Deshaun Watson. First things first, let's cover the Deshaun Watson thing once again. Statements from the Houston Texans and Nick Cesario basically coming out and saying we are not having any conversations whatsoever with any NFL teams about Deshaun Watson. Therefore, he is not up for trade. Again, I'm kind of ad-libbing it a little bit from the actual statement that Nick Cesario actually said, but there are also counter statements coming out from Deshaun Watson's camp basically saying that if he is not traded that he is prepared to sit the entire 2021 season Jax I'm going to start with you then we're going to circle around to Jimmy talk to me what are you what are your thoughts on all of this I think uh if if anybody that follows the show they will recall um just a few weeks ago I said out of my own mouth that people seem to not understand that Deshaun Watson is in a position where he doesn't care as much about sitting out as some people think that he, that, you know, they, they don't think that he would. Um, I'm just going to be honest with you. He's 25 years old. Um, for him, the, the, the missing out on a season or, or missing out on a year when you've got such a principled argument that he's making here with regards to how bad this organization has been. Um, I, I think they're underestimating why it makes more sense to him. I'm just going to be honest with you. I, th- I think it is. Um, I, 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 look, we, 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 I know we're, we're at some point in time, we're going to discuss Jamal Adams, but I, I want to kind of tie these two things in and, and we'll discuss it, I guess, a little more in detail. Mm-hmm. Um, Jamal Adams initially said that the reason why he was doing what it is that he was doing was because the team told him something and then the team didn't do what it is that they told him that he, they, they were going to do for him. And I, you know, that's when I was, I was on board with him. I was like, you know what? If the team told him this, then Jamal Adams has a point. He should, but then, and then he started to do all the other nonsense, and it, you know, you, you, it lost focus, and and, and really, uh, it it kind of changed the entire narrative around why it was being done and why I personally was in his corner in the beginning. Deshaun Watson has legitimately a, a, a much more solid foundation to stand on with that same um, issue. Because, you know, they're telling him first and foremost, you know, they're, they're going to, you know, him being the franchise quarterback, he's going to be involved in, in the communications. He's going to be involved in, in the personnel decisions and things of that nature. And as a 25-year-old franchise quarterback who literally just signed a, a, what for that organization is a blockbuster contract um, and an extension, I think that he had every right to believe that they were going to do that. And then when they did not do that and they actually did the opposite, they kind of spit in his face and went ahead and did some things that, you know, unfortunately didn't sit well with him and actually weakened the team around him. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it, it justified him him feeling the way that he felt. So in that, they're continuing to do it. Um, you know, Easter B or whatever that guy's name is. I mean, it, it, it's not just about what Deshaun Watson says. I mean, obviously there are people who are, uh, who have knowledge of the situation, who recognize that him uh, being in the position that he's in is an issue. And it's an issue for everyone. It's not just an issue for Deshaun Watson. Organizationally, it is a bad decision. At least if you listen to them, that's what they'll tell you. Um, not only that, the, the, high, the, the whole head coaching search and situation and then hire, um, I think, again, that that is basically a slap in the face for your 25-year-old franchise quarterback who is supposed to be involved in all of these decisions and who was supposed to at least have a say. And he's learning about all this stuff in social media and, and, and all the other things. So um, I, 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 I said it before. The, the guy has a principled argument here. He actually has the benefit of being young. He also recognizes that that is the only leverage that he has to make it happen now because if it if 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 the houston let's just say they they, they want to call his bluff and he sits they're not going to get back what it is that they have the potential to give him back this season even if it's not us i mean just think about it in those terms even if it's not the jets that comes in if it is miami let's just say mine has the number three pick huge hugely impactful draft situation there <clears throat> if any of these other teams all these other teams are going to be much more uh ready to throw the house at them in order to get Deshaun Watson in this season. Okay. If Houston, they overplayed their hand here, they're going to, they're going to drastically reduce what it is that they get. And it ends up being where you end up giving Deshaun Watson again, who by that point in time will be a 26 year old franchise quarterback, who is still arguably one of the top five, 10 in in league, even if he sits out a season, regardless, you're going to give him away for a song. He's got, he's got all the leverage here. So um, I, 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 I appreciate the fact that it's coming out because I think that most people really need to recognize that that is a serious possibility. Um, but I also don't think it gets to that. I'm going to just be honest with you. I think uh, as, as we speak right now, Joe Douglas is, is, is lighting a cigar saying, you know what? They'll call me back because what it is that I offered him is going to be worth it. And, and uh, you know, Deshaun's going to be a jet and, and I'm a Homer. I'm just going to say that. And I'm hoping that that's what it is. But uh you know, the fact of the matter is that all the other stuff, all of that, all the noise and, and stuff that's coming out of Houston, I don't believe none of it. I, I look at me like that Will Ferrell meme. I don't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> right? I don't believe that. And, and I, I don't believe Houston right now. I think uh, I think they're going to end up having to move, period. There, there's just nothing else to that. All right, Jimmy, your thoughts on it. Well, when, when this thing first came out, I was very critical of Deshaun Watson. And I was very critical initially of Le'Veon Bell um, until more of that information started rolling out. Like Bell was promised a whole bunch of things. All Bell wanted, because he remember, he took, he took less money from us than what Pittsburgh ended up offering right there at the end. It's more guaranteed money though, right? More, more guaranteed money, but he wanted the, the tenure. He wanted the longer contract. Same thing with Jason Myers, and I still get mad at, at Mac for that, for letting our leading scorer of 2019 go. Just saying. Just saying. But my point my point being is, like, with Deshaun, I, initially I was critical of him. I was like, okay, if you want to be mad about your team trading away your top receiver for peanuts, totally get it. If you want to be mad about your team, like – making these personnel decisions that have hurt the team. I totally get it. 
but you're a 25 year old quarterback. Who are you to expect to be made, you know, be made privy or to be associated with full on team decisions like hiring of personnel? You know what I mean? Like that's, that's something that you have to reach the Aaron Rodgers level and the Tom Brady level to even think about. I, I don't even think they deserve it. They're still players. Okay. But once everything started rolling out about how, and, and this is from the Texans themselves, actually, they said, yeah, we wanted Deshaun to be a part of this. Okay. So you just shot yourself in the foot. You made this 25 year old kid a promise to be a part of those decisions. And then you just completely disregard everything. And he's learning about all your hires and social media. I get it. I get why he's mad. And I've come around full circle and I'm, I'm at the point now where it's like, yeah, Houston is a dumpster fire. And I totally get why Deshaun doesn't want to waste more time Four more years would put him past his, like not past his prime. He's probably still going to be good into his thirties, but you reach the end of that contract and he's, he's really lost a lot of value just from longevity perspective. So I get why he wants out and, and he's, he's right to do so and you're right kevin he does hold all he holds a lot of the leverage um i think casario is in a position he's in a hard position you know and don't sleep on casario either because he was with bill belichick and he he understands how to manage the team so um for everybody's i've heard a bunch of comments oh he's a rookie he's a rookie gm blah 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 no guys he he, he learned from the best and but he's in a tough position because what do you do? Like, how do you make, you know, we're talking about Joe Douglas making his stamp on this team this year by getting a quarterback, getting his quarterback. And we're looking at, at Nick Casario going, what, what's he going to do? How's he, how's his stamp going to be? Is it going to be, can you change Deshaun Watson's mind? Mm-hmm. Like his stamp right big, now ain't looking too good. I'm going to be honest with you, but I'll, no, I'll, I'll get to that no, point in a second. Not. It's not. And the fact of the matter is, I, I think Houston, I think Casario is just trying to play the tough guy role right now because he has to. He really does have to. Because if they deal Jamal without a fight, or Jamal, God, I'm so sorry, Deshaun Watson. My apologies. If they deal Deshaun. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> don't you put Deshaun Watson in the same category as Jamal uh, Adams right there. <laughs> I beg for your forgiveness. Uh, if they if they deal Deshaun Watson essentially without a fight, like if this deal were to happen quickly, then he really does lose a ton of credibility around the league. You know what I mean? Because once Deshaun's gone, Houston is – Houston is the little kid with the cup. Please, sir, I'd like some more. You know what I mean? And so you're comparing him to Oliver, then? <laughs> Oliver, that's the, I forgot his name. Yeah, but but that's the way it would be, right? So you've dealt your asset. JJ Watt's pretty much gone. Like they they can't keep him. They got to clear out some cap space. But I would I would give Houston more validity if they had a top first round draft pick this year. If they could draft a quarterback this year right now, they would have more leverage, but they don't, they don't have a first or second round pick. So even the tier three quarterbacks, they're going to be gone. They're just going to be picking some kid from, you know, Southern Mississippi state university community college or, (laughs) you know, so like, it's not, they're not in a really big time bargaining position. And I think that they're doing their due diligence by dragging it out a little bit. By playing a little hardcore, you know, we're not we're not trading him, blah, blah, blah. 
but ultimately they have to consider what's going to be better for the team. And Deshaun Watson sitting out for a year is not going to be what's better for that team. Period. They'll 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 actually they they are better served to really just kind of recognize um, that you can sell uh, a number two pick and some additional you know picks to your fan base if you're going to lose a Deshaun Watson, you know what I'm saying? That, that really is the only thing I think that, that, that will allow them to save mm-hmm. any face in this situation, mm-hmm. what, what the return is actually going to be. And, and the return for Deshaun Watson, as, as we would expect, is probably going to be pretty substantial. Um, I, I think that they're probably good. And, and I think I said this last week also, there really is no way for them to really come out of this looking like this was a, a good move, right? Like, No scenario will play out that allows them to come out of this and say, you know what, this was a better deal for us than for whoever got Deshaun. Because Deshaun Watson, for all intents and purposes, is worth any number two pick, is worth any number three pick, um, is is worth any combination of of, of picks if you really think about it. We're talking about a kid who really, even in that situation in Houston, still has made the Pro Bowl three times in a row. So let's let's not sleep on that specific aspect of it there's nothing that they're going to do that's going to allow them to look as if they fleeced whoever it is that they got um unless you're talking about five you know first round picks which which is which is unreasonable um i don't i I think they will end up if if it comes to them asking something astronomical like that i think that is probably the quickest path though to watching deshaun watson you know work out on instagram like terrell owens uh you know in the middle of the season because he's not going to be playing Kevin, that's actually a gigantic catch-22 for the Houston Texans, is Deshaun is worth that, right? And now I'm not saying that we should give five first-round picks, but Deshaun is worth something like that. Now, NFL rules for trading, you can only go out three years. So if Houston Houston is going to, like, hold out for wanting those five first-round picks, that – by itself limits who they can talk to. It's really the Jets, the Dolphins that they can only talk to, really. Because they can only ask, you can't say, I'll give you four first-round picks over the next four years. You can't do that in the NFL. It has to be within three years. Mm-hmm. So they re- they're holding themselves back by that. And I just, I don't think, I, I, I just think that the whole relationship, they lost it as soon as they brought in Eric Bieniemy to hire. And now hear me out on this. They lost it as soon as they brought in Eric Bieniemy after the blow-up happened. Yep, so because that at that point a, it's 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 too late. Like you can't put yeah, the you yeah. can't put the toothpaste the toothpaste back in the tube. So nope. you know, I mean, the the smartest thing, you, the the smartest thing for Texans ownership right now is to have conversations with Deshaun Watson to try to smooth this thing over uh, for David Culley to have conversations with Deshaun Watson as far as that franchise is concerned. But I don't think it's going to be as high of a price as everybody seems to think. Now, hear me out on this. I went on the Live Rounds podcast on on, on this past Tuesday night with uh, with Kevin Robbins and Eddie Delgado. El Chapo, shout, uh, shout out to them. You know, they do they do a great, uh, a great job over there. All right, but... If I'm Joe Douglas and I'm sitting back and basically I know what the number two overall pick is worth, I'm basically telling you that, look, this is what I'm going to give you. I'm giving you the number two overall pick. We will give you the pick, the first round pick that we got from Seattle in the Jamal Adams trade. 
and we'll give you Sam Donald or we'll throw in a second round pick. I'm not going no higher than that. And the reason why I'm not going no higher than that is because the number two overall pick allows them the flexibility to be able to draft Deshaun Watson's successor right off the bat. And if you really want to save fa- want to save face with your fan base, imagine if if the number two overall pick ends up resulting in a player like Trevor Lawrence because Justin Fields goes number one overall. What if it results in a Zach Wilson or a Mac Jones or one of these other sexy names that keeps throwing around? Okay, the the Houston Texans could find themselves in a very unique position where they may take a hit but not as much of a hit as everybody would seem to think, just with that number two overall pick. Now, that being said, I love the position that the New York Jets are in right now in regards to Deshaun Watson. Because, yes, it would be nice to have Deshaun Watson in a New York Jets uniform for the 2021 season, but we don't have to draft Deshaun Watson for the 2020 run season. We don't have to deal our future assets for a Deshaun Watson. We could go and draft our own guy. They could decide to run it back with Sam Darnold if that's what they feel. The Jets are in such the most unique position right now that this franchise has probably ever been within the last decade plus because we hold total and absolute control as to what our destiny can be going into the 2021 season. And there seems to be this growing sentiment amongst beat writers, amongst Jet fan pages on Facebook, Twitter, etc. That if the Jets somehow do not acquire Deshaun Watson, or as GM Mike Tannenbaum from ESPN said, that if they don't give up the farm to get a Deshaun Watson, that this offseason is a failure. And I completely think that that mindset and that sentiment is completely and utterly ridiculous. And those people that feel that way, I think you should shut your social media accounts off and just step away, take a breather, go take the dog for a walk, go take the cat for a walk. Maybe you got a turkey in the kitchen, go take that for a walk. Go do something, okay? Because if you're going to be that type of fan that you're going to say, if we don't get to Sean Watson, Joe Douglas should be fired and screw Robert Sala and screw this organization and screw the Johnsons and this, that, and the third, then you know what? Don't root for the New York Jets. Just don't. Don't. Because seeing that on social media makes me want to vomit and makes me so angry because you are just completely neglecting the fact that that for the first time in a decade plus, the New York Jets actually have control of their own destiny where they can actually turn this ship around sooner rather than later. Now, if the if, if these draft picks were in the hands of Mike Tannenbaum, yes, exactly, I would be panicking right about now because he'd be the type of idiot that would go and give up five first-round picks for, for Deshaun Watson. If Mike McCagnan was still the general manager, he probably would do the same thing. And this is the reason why I'm telling everybody, just pump the brakes a little bit. This is a good position for the Jets to be in right now. And we don't need to play armchair quarterback or armchair GM when the new league season hasn't even started yet. Yeah, that all gas, no break takes effect at like training camp, guys. Let's uh, <laughs> right. utilize those breaks right now. <laughs> yeah, we we, we kind of do. But, I mean, I also... 
I think the all, all gas no break is really more of a uh, player motto than it is yeah, actually, field mindset, right? You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, totally. Uh, as of right now, Joe Douglas is going. You know, uh, all gas no breaks. I, I think that that doesn't necessarily bode well for us. I think that actually is a bad thing. Um, but but we want Joe Douglas to be a tactician with what it is that he does behind the wheel, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's a certain time where you you know you can pump your brakes and you can make that cut. You know what I'm saying? And that allows you to go ahead and hit it and move. So um, we're in a situation right now, and, and, and Jim makes a, makes a great point about, um, you know, I, I guess players being involved in some of those kind of negotiations initially. Um, but, but this is a situation where what we're talking about, um, I think, is something that this organization has really never had, right? Mm-hmm. But plus, on top of it, you're also dealing with a fan base that we we are we are the kings of knee jerk reactions, okay? Yeah. And beat writers know that they could put pen to paper and say something completely outlandish and something completely ridiculous, and they know that Jet Nation will take it and run with it, and you'll find it all over Facebook, you'll find it all over Twitter, you'll find it all over Instagram, and it and it it just becomes a circus. They derail everything. They, they they know. You know, it's like it's like they, as a Jet they, fan, they can you can't their, you can't they have they can anything their, nice. They can drive their websites traffic with one statement, right? Right. They can drive their websites traffic with one statement, and everybody, whether they see it initially or not, they're going to be drawn to it because everybody else that they talk to is going to post it, or they're going to retweet it, or it's going to be on Facebook or something like that, and everybody's going to end up going to it, and that's how they that's how they make their money. But we already know. I mean, I, 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 I don't think that this is something that any of us can would disagree on. That the Jets beat is like there's really only a couple of guys I would really trust, and most of those guys don't actually post often. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you know, I, I was talking about um, uh, just Scott Mason, and, and, and Scott Mason has mm-hmm. you know a, a few guys on his that 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 I really kind of I really kind of follow up. Um, you know, the, the, the Joe Caparosos and all of that. But, you know, Joe and Connor, those guys don't necessarily speculate on stuff like this. They discuss it. But you're not going to get some weird ass um, such and such actually got signed, you know, from, from that site. You're not going to get any of that from us either. We, I mean, we, we talk about what it is that we see happening. But then we're also, and, and I think this is part of why it is that I trust you guys a lot more than I trust most people because we're not going to get any of that outlandish crap. You know, this is not hey. neat. This is where, and, and, and Jim says that he looks at numbers. I look at numbers to a certain extent just because I know, unfortunately, that, you know, they say women lie, men lie, numbers don't lie. But unfortunately, if the men and women that are accumulating those numbers are lying, then the numbers will lie. So I don't, you know. Right, exactly. Well, the, no, the numbers can be skewed. You know why? Because they're, because they're using the numbers to paint the narrative, and, and the narrative is just a bunch of crap. You know, the narrative is, is just being said to see how many people they can piss off and see how much of a, how much of a fan outcry they can get for, for internet traffic, for their clicks, to, to go to the website, etc., 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 and it's just a joke. And it's like, just, just stop. Stop. You know, it's like, can we get past the Super Bowl and can we get past the Pro Bowl, which, which they really didn't even hold, without all of this nonsense that the Jets have to do this or the offseason is a failure. The Jets have to do that or the offseason is a failure. So, I mean, it's like, just stop. And speaking of failure, okay, Jamal Adams, the scorned ex-girlfriend who just can't seem to keep the Jets out of his mouth no matter what he does, 
decided to go on the Box Podcast, okay? Uh, and uh, thank you to uh, Reaper Jardine for uh, hooking me up with this. Oh, it's actually called Stacking the Box Podcast about how embarrassed and how tough it was for Jamal Adams to be a New York Jet. Now we're going to do in reverse order. Jimmy, give me your thoughts. We'll swing back to Kevin, and then I'll, I'll finish it off. I despise Jamal Adams. He's, he's, like, he's up there with like Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski to me. I, I can't stand him. Like, he, I, have, I have a degree in, in psychology, and I specialized in abnormal psych human behavior when I was in school. So his depression comments – really hit close to home for me and yep it, it really I did too. me off and, and for this now like talk about just I, I can't even put it into words he he is just rambling on about stuff that is dead and gone it's in the past you were embarrassed about okay so the so Calling calling our owner a racist that didn't fly. So let's make up something else. Okay, well they promised me that they were going to sign me. Well Joe Douglas came out and said that that was a lie. And when a when a GM comes out and blatantly openly says didn't happen. Okay, so that was a lie. Let's figure something else out, Jamal. Okay, you finally get traded. Well now everybody's like, oh, so Jamal was pretty much just an asshole. And. That's just the way, that's how he got out of New York. And he's like, well, I got to defend myself. So guys, you have to understand that I was super depressed. You're a millionaire playing a football game. And and you're going to minimize that, that just that disability. You're going to minimize that for the millions of people that genuinely suffer through that and have to think about every single morning when they wake up, if they're going to make that morning actually happen. GTFO with that stuff, man, because I don't let that doesn't fly. So none of this is working for Jamal. So now it it goes to him attacking the numbers. And CJ, you saying that the people that are using the numbers can be skewed. They can skew the numbers. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what's going on here. Jamal Adams is now attacking the Jets records and stuff like that when he is supposed to be the all the the big time savior while we finished third third and fourth in the division with him and we finished five five and eleven uh four and twelve and three and whatever three and thirteen with him like whatever the numbers were i'm over it so whatever jamal has to say is i'm done with him right here jamal jamal for me um I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that we can wrap this up because I really kind of don't want to talk about Jamal anymore. I, I, I'll just, I, I'll just say this for what it is that we brought Jamal in to do um, those first couple of years. Yeah. He, 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 he was on the precipice of accomplishing it um, because we all kind of took debate. We all felt like Jamal was that one that was going to be here for us and was doing everything that he could to recruit and, and being the face of the franchise and, and staying after, you know, practices to make sure that he, he clapped hands with everybody in the stands and signed autographs, you know, for everybody and all of that. So, you know, I, 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 I don't want to 
I, I don't want to focus on Jamal anymore because I think that the reason why they ask him that question is because they know, you know, just from what it is that he's exposed this last season that Jamal is immature. Jamal is not in a position to be able to control himself when it comes to stuff like this. So you can ask him that question to, to draw clicks. And then we were just talking about, you know, drawing, you know, uh, traffic to your site and to your, and to your cast in particular and asking Jamal about the jets is the best way to do that because the Seattle fans, they love him. Seattle doesn't necessarily recognize what it is that he did to us here. Seattle wasn't paying attention to us uh, like, like it is that we were, you know, so, so riveted into it because this was a guy who was supposed to be our franchise player. He was the face of our franchise. Sam hadn't actually become that just yet. It was Jamal Adams. And he was the guy that we were looking at and saying, this is who it is that is our ambassador. If anybody ever really wants to know anything about the Jets or wants to kind of be involved with the Jets, they would look at Jamal Adams first before they would look at Sam, before they would look at anyone else. And, um, you know, he, he, he does have a little bit of a mental health issue, right, Jim? I mean, if, if you really think about what it is that he's dealing with, he does have a little bit. And maybe it's, it's maybe more than a little bit. But him continuing to talk about the Jets, it is because they're asking him to relive a traumatic experience for him. And he's wide open. I mean, he'll, he'll discuss it in, in so many terms, but it's a little bit of a revisionist history um, because now he can embellish it and he can make it seem like, something that it may not have actually been when he was actually here. So you also can't downplay the effect that losing has on an individual either. And I, and I say this specifically because I know y'all hear me say this all the time. I'm just going to shut up after this, but um, we are talking about the Jets. I mean, we've, we've been a bad team for quite some time and it's really difficult because I think every fan goes through this every season. You know what? I'm done. You know, I'm sick of the Jets. I'm sick of losing. I'm sick of, you know, every, every fan kind of has that moment. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, whether it be in the middle of the season, whether it be in the offseason, something. Just, I don't know. It, True. It, it's hard. I, I, I'm just happy that he's gone. Um, I'm happy that now the narrative becomes what Joe Douglas does with these picks is really going to be um, kind of the narrative behind what our next few seasons are going to look like. Because if he uses those picks effectively, we're balling. Period. Exactly. And well said, Jackson. Basically, I'm just going to keep my comments short and sweet. Jamal Adams, just shut up. Nobody cares about what you say. Nobody cares about what you think. Okay? You 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 got what you wanted. You got traded out of New York. Do, do us all a favor and keep the Jets out of your mouth. Because you know what? We don't care about you. We're not here talking about you. We're not here pining off or, or pining or crying about you. We don't care about you. And especially, I would love to see if Adam Gase ends up getting hired by the Seattle Seahawks as an offensive consultant. I want to see what his tune is going to be after all the BS he put on social media about how how he had a bad relationship with Adam Gase and all that other garbage. So I'm very curious to see what the Seattle soap opera is going to look like if, in fact, they do hire Adam Gase. So on that note, it's time for us to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Sam Darnold possibly being... uh, with uh, calls from other teams and could a first round pick be on the table plus we give our Super Bowl predictions and thoughts on that and we will be right back you're, you're watching and listening to Weapons Hot on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network Sports World Radio and Snowman Digital Media it is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network Radio Network What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. 
Sports World Radio, and Snowman Digital Media. Don't forget, you can check out the show. Download the app on on Google Play for Android users and Apple iOS for uh, for iPhone users. Download the app. You will be able to not only consume Weapons Hot, but every single show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We'd like to thank Errol Marks, um, Speedy Petey for all the hard work that they're doing over there, plus everybody else that helps make uh, the Worldwide Sports Radio Network tick. We love you guys so much, and thank you for the opportunity uh, for us to uh, utilize our platform here to, to get the message out to Jet fans. So, that being said, I want to go ahead and I want to get some of these comments on the air. <clears throat> Shout out to everybody who was watching today. Lowell Lichmore, Lino, Lino Cortina, Bill Robinson, Nico Bauer hey, over, in, uh, over in Germany, Ryan Barger, um, everybody who is chiming in, please send us your comments. We'll do our best to get ev- to get everybody out there. Lino is on the Justin Fields train. He says he thinks that we shouldn't uh, we shouldn't trade that number two overall pick. We should just continue to build. Uh, we should draft our quarterback. Continue to use the picks to build uh, build around the team. I completely agree with him. All right, Lowell uh, Lichmore wanted to know if we were staying on the air until kickoff. Unfortunately, not. Our show is only going to be sixty minutes today because all of us got cooking. We got to do just before the uh, the Super Bowl. I wish we could. Oh, and Lowell, by the way, uh, <laughs> Spotty Blackman is in charge of getting strippers for the next Weapons Hot after after dark. So don't worry, we're going to do what we can over there. So <laughs> to to get all of that for you, I live I live, um, I live in Georgia. We're right on the line to, to Florida and Georgia, uh, you know, kind of sort of. So uh, I've got a pretty decent selection to choose. <laughs> yeah. So shout out to Bill Robinson. Um, he he's he's been chiming in. Uh, says he wants to put Jamal Adams' uh, jersey in the fire pit. Go ahead, dude, brother. Uh, uh, go for it. Um, also, uh, what you call it? Uh, Lino Cortino already given us his uh, his prediction for the for the Chiefs. Thirty-eight, thirty-one Chiefs. Um. He, he asked uh, asked all of us, um, shout out to Ernest R. Nemitz, uh, saying great job. We love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, also, another gentleman on here, I want to scroll, J.R. Ryan, shout out to you. Forget Jamal Adams, really thinking about burning his jersey. Absolutely, dude. Go for it, let me tell you. So, you know, uh, t- uh, also shout out to Rob Gonzalez. Um, it's, uh, when uh, asked about uh, do we need Deshaun Watson, he says yes, we do. Um, uh, Ernest Nemitz uh, again uh, draft a quarterback at uh, draft a quarterback at twenty three, go running back, and his prediction for the Super Bowl: Chiefs forty one, Bucks thirty. So uh, Lowell Litchmore chiming back in again. Anyone suggesting we draft Penny Sewell and keep Sand should be slapped immediately. <laughs> Thank you. Thank so, you. Thank so, you. So again. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I, uh, I tell you, when we, when, when we do this show, I'm telling you, everything that gets mentioned, all right, it, it, and it happens live, it happens absolutely live. We get all of these, uh, all of these alerts out there. So, you know, thank, to, you. Uh, I thank you to everybody who was watching, tuning in, and commenting on today's show. All right, so really quick, uh, as I alluded to before the break, Sam Donald. Multiple teams, according to Adam Schefter and also Dan Orlovsky from ESPN, calling the New York Jets, inquiring about Sam Darnold. Dan Orlovsky seems to think that the Jets could possibly get a low first-round pick or a high second for him. Uh, Jimmy, we'll start with you. 
Uh, then we'll come back around to Jackson. I'll give my two cents worth. And then I want to jump head first into the Super Bowl that we're, we're about to watch sure. in a little while. Um, I think a first is on the table. I've kind of danced around that for a while, depending on where the team that would need that quarterback ends up being. Saints is a huge, a huge plus. They can get Sam Darnold real, uh, compared to what, you know, they've been dealing with. They can get Sam Darnold on the cheap quite nice for, I believe, that was the 28th pick mm-hmm. they, that they were talking about. Um, one of the things that I wanted to point out just real quick, I was actually a guest on this show. And the week before, I said the same thing on live rounds when I was a guest. And Kevin, I, sh- I shocked you. This was when you guys were doing the uh, from the fans perspective and had me and a me and another guy on. And my comment that that stuck with everybody was and this is way before this is over a year ago before Jamal Adams was even the drama was brewing, but it wasn't there yet, you know, and I said that Jamal Adams was not going to be a New York jet for the 2020 season and everybody freaked out on me. I said that, and here's the comment that stuck. I said, not only is Jamal Adams replaceable, Jamal Adams is easily replaceable. And Kevin, I think, almost had a heart attack. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what? At, at the time, and I'll just say it, I remember that. I, I most definitely remember that because you're yeah. right. It shocked me. Um, I, I, I didn't think that, and, and I'll, I'll just kind of I'll narrow it down. I didn't think that you replace what I thought was the heart and soul of the defense easily. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And 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 more more about who he was in relation to the team than it was actually what it is that, you know, I guess maybe a, a safety would, would actually provide because he's a little more than a safety for us anyway. Um, you know, he's a safety linebacker, blah, 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 you know, and I mean that that to me was difficult, but uh I I I'll keep it real. You were right, bro. <laughs> you were right. <laughs> Well, yeah, and it, I, I say it all the time. I, I'll, I'll be wrong. I'll be wrong uh, again. That's for sure. But uh, in that, yeah, you were definitely right about that. Well, and that that ties into what's happening with Sam. Not on the same aspects and not on the same level. You know, Sam isn't trying to break out or anything like that. Um, but Sam Darnold is not going to be a New York Jet in 2021, and it's because of the value that these quarterbacks or these quarterback needy teams are facing right now, especially with the cap being so strict restrictive this year. Um, Sam is going to be a prime target. So I don't think a first is out of the question at the, at the bare minimum, you start talking about a potential low first round pick. You've already set his price at a, at a high two right off the bat. So that's mm-hmm. the floor at this point. So I think depend if it's the right situation, I think Sam, could get like imagine this imagine we do give the the second and the 23rd pick plus a next year's one maybe whatever the case may be for deshaun watson we get deshaun watson then new orleans comes in and goes oh well you're not you know you have deshaun we'll give you the 28th pick for sam so now we're back in the first round after having deshaun watson be traded for there's a bunch of opportunities and CJ pointed it out perfectly is the jets are uniquely positioned across the board. We can get Deshaun, We can draft for our quarterback. We keep Sam. I don't think that's the right play and I don't think it'll happen, but no matter what we have, we have options available. And I just think because of the options available, um, I just don't think that Sam is going to be the guy for the jets moving forward. Jax, give me your thoughts. 
Yeah, um, just just to piggyback off of that, because I'll, I'll just keep it real, Jim, that that is kind of the line of thinking. I think most, um, I, I want to parse my words, uh, you know, well here, because I think that you have to, most of the intelligent, <laughs> you know, fans would, would, would kind of, you know, at least go down this path. Um, yeah, bringing back Sam, it, you know, we, we, we've talked about what would be a failed offseason, and to me, any path that leads to Sam still being our starting quarterback would be a failed offseason, um, just for me, period. Um, and look, again, we've talked about how much we like Sam. Sam's a good kid. Sam's just not our franchise quarterback. And I, I think that at this point, any option that we take beyond having him here is a better option for us, is a better opportunity for us long term. Um, I, 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 I sent a, a comment and I was on with, uh, or at least I was, I was in the in the comments with uh, with Green Bean and, and with Ryan and, and in this past uh, this past week, and uh, you know I, I wanted to ask them just flat out, um, staying at two and drafting a quarterback that actually provides us with an opportunity to be more flexible with how we grow long term. I mean that there's just, there's just a, a fact to that, you know. Um, if what and and, and and let me parse this by saying this. I still do believe that Deshaun Watson being our quarterback in 2021 is the best opportunity for us to win immediately. I'll, I'll and I'll just say that um, to win immediately. But I've also questioned, you know, um, building our guys in house and building through the draft, just like Joe Douglas, and that that actually being a better opportunity for us long term. Okay, and I think long term, if we're thinking what we're going to look like in 2024, 25, 26 and beyond, I think drafting a guy or keeping this draft capital and doing, you know, whatever it is that we do to bring in as many guys as possible. I think especially with my confidence in Joe Douglas and what it is that he's he's seeing as far as player personnel, what his scouting department looks like, you know, what 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 Rex Hogan and those guys can actually do if you give them an opportunity to build from within, I think that actually is an extremely intriguing um, situation for us. But the, the bottom line is, is that Deshaun Watson brings us immediate credibility. Not only does it change what it is that we do at free agency, but it also allows us to be a lot more selective in what it is that we do in the draft. And I do say quality more than quantity, I think, is really what our what is in our best interest going forward. So um, Deshaun Watson, again, for me, is number one choice. But if we were to draft a quarterback at two, even even if we, you know, and just put it this way, if, even if we, we were to move down, you know, five or, you know, to five or six or something like that and still have an opportunity to draft a quarterback and accumulate draft picks, I do think that there is a, a path to us still being able to compete within the next two, three years as far as playoffs and being um, what, what I, I love when CJ says is a sustainably successful organization. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And look, I mean, there's a, there's no doubt that I believe that we should be able to get a first-round pick for Sam Darnold because he was the number three overall pick a couple of years ago. And look, if there's a franchise out there that wants to take a flyer, that they have a, uh, a, a an offensive coordinator or a head coach that thinks that they could fix him, by all means, then then that's fine. I mean, I went in great detail last uh, last show where I said, this is just not the place for Sam Donald because he did okay under his first year at Jeremy Bates. Adam Gase completely ruined him. And we just don't think that, uh, I don't think that 
Sam learning his third offensive system in four years when he's still making the same uh, rookie mistakes over and over again is just not a feasible solution for the New York Jets to move forward. Take a look at the Los Angeles Rams, okay? They went ahead and they made a deal to go acquire Matthew Stafford from the Lions. You don't make a deal like that unless you feel that the one major part of your football team, which is your quarterback, is holding you back from winning a championship. Now that they have Matthew Stafford, who knows what the Rams' ceiling is going to be next year. And, and, and let's, let's just keep it real. Goff actually, Goff hasn't, well, he wasn't a horrible, you know, quarterback there. I mean, you talk about wins. He was winning games there. Um, but, you know, th- this is, again, this is, I think, an important aspect for us. Self-scouting, right? Looking at what it is that you have in-house and recognizing, really, do you have the guy? Like, they didn't think that Goff was the guy. Like, he was a guy and a pretty good guy, but not the guy. Right. And, basically where it is that we are with Sam. And, and, and just to kind of wrap, the, wrap up my point, Sam needs the type of environment that a team that is drafting at the end of the first round would provide, which means that they have someone in place right now that, that can win them games or that has allowed them to be successful, where he can sit, where he can learn, where he can work on some of the things that really have held him back here and then step in at an opportunity when it's best for him. Um, that, that's that's the type of opportunity that affords um, you going to a team that is drafting at the end of the first round, right? Yeah, I completely agree. So, you know, I mean, bottom line, look, uh, I mean, Robert Sala has already come out. He's been incredibly politically, uh, uh, politically correct in his responses when asked about Sam Donald. Same thing with Michael Floor, who's probably said less than Robert Sala. Okay, Joe Douglas was non-committal to Sam Donald. So look, the phone lines are open, and if the Jets get the right deal, Sam Donald is going to be moved. Now the question is whether or not he's going to get moved pre-draft or post-draft. I'm hoping that he gets moved pre-draft because if the Jets do add to the arsenal of uh, of uh, draft picks that they've already acquired in the Jamal Adams trade, plus on top of where they're picking, plus on top of all the other moves that Joe Douglas has strategically made, you know, the Jets would have themselves where if we did decide to make a deal for it to Sean Watson, it's not going to hurt as much. Mm-hmm. You know, where we are still going to be able to go and to, to draft pieces to build around whoever the next quarterback of the New York Jets may be. Whether it be Justin Fields, whether it be Trevor Lawrence, whether it be Zach Wilson, whether it be Mac Jones, whether it be Kyle Trask, whether it be, you know, Shane Falco from the Washington Sentinels. Okay, I mean, I don't care who, who it is. But it's most definitely not going to be um, Sam Donald. That's for sure. It should so, well, not be Sam. The biggest, right, the it shouldn't biggest be Sam. Part about, the biggest part about that is, like, because the Deshaun Watson thing is still on the table regardless of what Houston's saying. And everybody in the, in the Facebook groups for the Jets, the Jets fans are saying, well, we can't build around him. We can't build around him. The, the L.A. Rams have made the playoffs more often than not, and they actually haven't had a first-round draft pick since 2017, and they won't have a first-round draft pick until 2024. And they're still making the playoffs. So I'm not saying that you build a team through free agency. You build a team through the draft. Free agency is your supplement. Right, but exactly. Point, well, to, well, look, we saw it, not, not to interrupt your point there, but we saw no. what happens in building a, building a team through free agency uh, happened. M- Mike McCagnin... 
his first year as GM of the New York Jets is a cautionary tale for every single GM who thinks that they can build a competitive football team uh, through free agency. And you know what? It didn't work out. It it didn't work out. I think we have the wrong guy building through free agency. I'm not saying that we should build through free agency, but with the cap being at its floor, it's never going to get lower than what it's going to be for 2021. So when we have as much cap space and we're, we're looking at after cuts, if, if Sam Darnold is traded among with the other expected cuts, we're going to have $101 million in cap space. So if we get Deshaun Watson, think about this. If we get Deshaun Watson, we're going to have $90 million of cap space in 2021 after having Jamal Adams or why am I doing that guy <laughs> after having Deshaun Watson? Well, you know why, I right? Because, uh, because, you know, just we, Jamal Adams always seems to find himself into creeping his way into New York Jets conversation. And he's such a polarizing figure that whenever, like he's, he's probably laughing. He's, he's probably laughing right now if he's listening to the show because he's like, oh, it's like, like you got you, you guys, you, you, you keep saying you forgot about me, but yet you can't keep my name out of your mouth and blah, blah, blah. Jamal Adams is the reason why we're in the position that we're in. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so let's just keep that in perspective. I know we don't want to talk about him, but the fact of the matter is, is that this beneficial situation that we're in, this situation that is going to give us this opportunity really to kind of slap some some industrial strength concrete on our foundation, mm-hmm. because we moved Jamal Adams, because we got Jamal Adams' ass out right. of the building. And, and, and that's why we need, that, we, you know, that's we need all, to parlay this. About. We need to parlay this into some good picks. Okay, so let's let's uh, segue into Super Bowl. Um, Kevin, we'll start with you. Then we'll swing around to Jimmy. Uh, who who do you like and why? I don't like neither one of these teams, and I'll just be honest. With you, I, just because they're not the Jets, and, and I'm a Jets fan, and I'm I'm, a, I'm kind of a, a one fan, one team kind of guy. But but let's let's just put it in perspective because I do watch football. Um, this is going to be an extremely interesting game because Kansas City beat Tampa Bay earlier this season. Mind you, it was by what was a, a really narrow kind of a slim margin. But Pat Mahomes went off, Tariq Hill went off. Um, what's going to end up happening in this game, I think, and, 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 and just, just from my perspective, I think whoever gets their tight end off um, the best or the most effectively this game is going to win this game. Wow. I think so, Tom is that has, something they're going to be able to do on, do on camera, or are they going to have, like, top secret, you know? It's just, sorry, dude, you left, the, you left the door open. Sorry, man. I'm just saying this. Um, Tom Brady, and for all intent purposes, you know, we, we all hate Tom Brady because Tom Brady has been as spectacular as he has been in our division, but Tom Brady hasn't really had um, – as dominant of performances as what it is that we're accustomed to him seeing. And I don't think that the Kansas city chiefs is a, is a, is a team that's going to allow him to play less than stellar football and still win the game. Yep. I agree with that. Kansas city's defense is rounding out right now. Tampa Bay's defense is nothing to slouch at, but I don't think Kansas city's defense is going to have um, the answers for everything that I do believe that uh, uh, Kansas City uh, can do. I also think that Eric Bieniemy is pissed because he didn't actually get an opportunity to be a head coach. And for whatever reason, I think that he went into this week and his preparation and, and, and film study and, and, and whatever it is that they do as far as play calling. And I think that what it is that we're going to see today is going to be an extremely angry 
extremely personally affected Eric the enemy. And I think that's going to mean that they're going to be doing some wild medic things uh, that most people are not going to expect them to do. Um, I expect Kansas City to win this game. I can't necessarily say it's going to be a blowout, but um, I really just kind of wanted to, to I kind of wanted to shake out so that I can win some of these uh, these little Super Bowl boards that I have. I've got some pretty good numbers, zeros and nines <laughs> and zeros and threes. So <laughs> if, it, if it works out, I can win some money on one of these pools. I'm good with it. I do think Kansas City is going to win. Um, I do think that Tom Brady, once again, has solidified himself as the greatest quarterback of our era um, by being even remotely associated with the possibility that they could win this game, especially considering he chose Tampa Bay just out of the blue. And uh, Tampa Bay in his first season is now in the Super Bowl. Bill Belichick probably has to, has to be, you know, pulling his hair out in the background. Um, Jim, Jim, what do you think? Um, I, I'm i kind of with you, Kevin. I, I don't root for other teams. I root against other teams right. and other players. And right now that player is Tom Brady. I despise that man. Oh, Tim, Tim Brady. Tim, Tim Brady. <laughs> I don't care what his name is. <laughs> that... That man's entire career is built on a lie. And I'm going to take you guys back to the tuck rule Ooh. in Foxborough. AFC championship game. If that play is called correctly, now think about this. That's the year Drew Bledsoe went down. Tom Brady came in, did well, right? Got him to, got him to the playoffs, got him to the AFC championship. Well, Lewis. If that, mm-hmm. if that play is called correctly and it's called a fumble, in New England, Tom Brady is now the sixth-round draft pick that that busted out. Doesn't matter. He was a sixth-round pick. Brady is dealt that offseason. Drew Bledsoe comes back to the Patriots. Tom Brady may end up being a franchise quarterback somewhere else, but there is no Patriots dynasty. There is no Tom Brady's the GOAT. There's none of that. If that one play is called correctly, you don't have the Brady-Belichick 20-year run from that point. And... So I just I can't I can't get my head around it. Brady Brady's entire career the stars aligned off of a lie and off of a bad call. So I think the Chiefs are going to take this. The Chiefs offense is no joke. I think the best offense all around. They may not have like the number one stat here or there, but when that when it when push comes to shove, uh. Well, I'll sh- I'll just say this: when push comes to Patrick Mahomes' shovel pass, you can't stop him. You can't stop him. And Tyreek Hill doing a little two-yard drag route, and then Mahomes just bleep. You can't do it. Nobody is going to beat Tyreek Hill to the side of that field, and they will nickel and dime the that really good. And, and I'm not taking it away. Really good Tampa Bay defense. They are, they are going to nickel and dime them to death. They are going to three-yard gain, five-yard gain, maybe a couple strikes here and there. But Kansas City is going to drain that defense, and the Kansas City defense is good enough to handle a Tom Brady and and what they have going around there. So um, I'm going to call 41, Chiefs 41, um, can or Chiefs forty one Buccaneers let's let's call it thirty four. Oh, okay. So Jimmy Jardine forty one thirty four New England Chiefs. Jax, what's your score prediction, or are you declining to? to... Nah, I, I need my numbers to hit. I don't. I don't care. Like I look, 
these teams just pick a set of numbers I, and I, make I, a I, score I up. Care, <laughs> care less about these teams. I'll just be honest. Um, the, the, the fact of the matter is, is that for us to actually be effective, we're going to need to be able to knock Kansas City off. So we can. I, I mean, just 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 think about this. Um, Deshaun Watson versus Patrick Mahomes, AFC East Championship game, uh, 2020, 2022, you know what I'm saying? And, and, we're, and we're in a position right now where our defense, which is arguably top five in the league, because I think that, you know, coming in, we've got some guys that can actually make it happen. I think that some of our draft picks from this season, especially on edge and, and, and cornerback, are going to be impactful to us. And I, I think that actually is, is a narrative. I think that's something that we need to be maybe – I'm expecting more than hoping and praying will happen. Um, if, if I want to say it, I would say uh, 49-30, Kansas City. Oh, wow. 49-30. Okay. So, Kevin Jackson predicting 49-30, Kansas City. Uh, uh, Jimmy's got 41-34. Uh, All right. Now my turn. Okay, look. <laughs> plain and simple. I'm on uh, I'm on board with you guys. I could care less about either one of these teams, but there's no doubt that Kansas City, the, um, the Kansas City Chiefs have been an absolute machine all, all over the past two seasons. And with, with Andy Reid at the helm, I just don't see how the um, the Chiefs are, are, are not going to win this game. I mean, look, I give a lot of credit to Bruce Arians and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, to, to be honest with you, I honestly did not think they were going to get out of the NFC Championship game because there is no way anywhere on the planet where Brady throws three interceptions and the Green Bay Packers get a total of three points out of those uh, out of those turnovers. And Rogers that's something that ball. I think it was six points, but still. So. Rodgers should have ran that ball. He had a wide open shot to the end zone. He chose not to, and then they kicked. The field. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Because, because yeah, no, look, we could do. We could go back over the NFC Championship game, and you know what? The Green, the Green Bay Packers should have won that game because, like yeah. Jimmy pointed out, he had the whole right side of the field. You know, and if if he's actually looking over at that side and he sees he's got nothing but green grass, they they should have actually scored a touchdown on uh, on that drive. That being Even said, if he does it. Even All if he right. doesn't, they're they're right. It's first and goal and at like the at like the half inch line. Right, yeah. I get it. I get it. That's that's fine. But that's neither here nor there. The whole point is is that Tom Brady is not going to get away with throwing three interceptions against the Kansas City Chiefs defense and Tampa and, and Tampa not paying for it. They they will. Kansas City's defense is no joke. We he, we talk about their offense all the time. But you know what? Steve Spagnuolo, their defensive coordinator, he knows how to defend against Tom Brady. He beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl when he was a defensive coordinator for the Giants. A lot of people forgot about that. Okay? And, and look, don't be surprised if he brings some big blue magic, you know, out of the curtain, you know, or, or out of his hip pocket over there to, to, to razzle-dazzle Brady where he ends up getting confused just like he did in those two Super Bowls against the Giants. And, and I'm sorry, but Kansas City is like Kansas City offense is like a huge, like a human cheat code. Okay, go back to the AFC Championship game. Okay, the Bills were up nine nothing. It's like as if Patrick Mahomes hit pause after it was nine nothing, went and go and put it from like expert mode 
to like, you know, in Madden, when you mess around with the settings and stuff like that, and you know you're getting your butt, you know, you're getting your ass kicked in a game against the AI, and the AI is just completely schooling you. So what do you do? You hit the pause button, right? You go into the settings menu, and you change it from like expert to like easy, and then all of a sudden you start playing, and then Patrick Mahomes puts up 14 points on you in less than three minutes, okay? There's no reason in the world why Patrick Mahomes... Coming into this game probably at 100% with Travis Kelty, with, with, with Tyreek Hill, with Sammy Watkins. Le'Veon Bell is going to be active for this game. You know, all, all, their, their entire core of running backs. Everyone's going to be uh, 100% for this game. And they're going to be chomping at the bit. And I just really think that we, along with the Eric Bieniemy factor, that Eric Bieniemy is going to basically just show the entire league that why he should be a head coach. In the NFL. So, I uh, I completely expect the Kansas City Chiefs to light up the Buccaneers. I really do. But I also expect the Buccaneers to put up a fight. This is not going to be like we watched the Buffalo Bills get trounced four years in a row where they lost by an average of 40 points. Okay? We're not going to see that. Okay? We're not going to see a 54 to 10 drubbing where the only thing we're looking the only thing we're looking at now is just the commercials and the halftime show. We're actually going to see ourselves a good football game, but I expect in the second half of this game, Kansas City's just going to put the boot to the boot to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers defense, and I just think that they're going to pull away. So, believe it or not, I'm kind of in the same realm of where Jax is thinking, but I'm going to say Chiefs 48 Buccaneers forty two. I don't win any money if you do that, CJ. So you know, I'm not. I'm not trying to hear that. So this is the- <laughs> no, but but, but you are but absolutely me, killing me, bro. Say this though, because because this, I, I'm going to be honest with you. This is a reality, and and I want to, um, I want to maybe to the chagrin of of, of maybe certain Jets fans, I want to give um some props to Todd Bowles, man, because I think Todd who who you know got the job based on his defensive prowess. Um, here in New York and actually yeah. went to Tampa Bay and displayed why it is that he actually was considered to be one of the top candidates that season. I think that's going to be a really big thing. I want to I give Tabo's props because I think he's earned them, um, especially when you consider what it is that Tampa Bay has done this season in maybe a situation where it wasn't ideal for them to be where it is that they are. Tom Brady does put them over the top in what it is that he does. And I also want to give some props to Byron Leftwich as well. Because I think both of those guys are coordinators in Tampa Bay. I think they've done some things this season that kind of, you know, make it possible for us to be discussing their names as of right now. But uh, Andy Reid and, and what his staff has done and every enemy and, and what it is that those guys are going to do and, and, and having some of the, you know, the talent available to Kansas City, I think it's just going to be too much for Tampa Bay. Um, I, I, if, if this were Tampa Bay's second or third, you know, kind of season with with the guys that they have in place, then I can say maybe they've learned to, you know, to do what it is that they need to do to win. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. It should, and I'm praying that it's going to be a good game, especially because I'm hoping to be drunk by the time we get to the third quarter. But I, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm really expecting that we're going to have great football tonight, but I'm expecting Kansas City to, to just have more in what it is that they did. Yeah. I, I was on with uh, with the guys from the Hit List earlier uh, on uh, uh, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I'm telling you, those guys, it was a great show. Uh, they touched upon a lot of great points. 
Um, there was there were some key statistics and things that were discussed. Um, you know, I, I love our I love our family. I love our 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 our, our whole setup, our, our whole situation here. Um, and and I, I heard some stuff on that show that that didn't necessarily change my perspective, but it solidified what it is that I thought was what I I was expecting to have happen. So, um, again, Kansas City, maybe in a close game, maybe in a tight game, but we're gonna see a great game tonight. And uh, that that's you know I think as fans of the league, especially coming out of this past horrible season, I think we we really kind of deserve it. I think, and I don't much go into. The- I mean, you guys know me. I, I, I don't much go into the social justice, not from a negative standpoint, you know, but from uh, just play the game. Just give me my game, you know. Right. Uh, but shout out to the NFL. Shout out to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and shout out to the Kansas City Chiefs. The NFL has the first woman officiating a Super Bowl. Okay. That's huge. Shout out to both teams. They have multiple females on their coaching and front office staff. This is the first time that's happened in a Super Bowl. So I, and again, I don't, normally I'm just like, I, it's my sports, keep my sports out of your social justice stuff. Keep my social justice stuff out of your sports, but big time shout out to the NFL and to these two teams uh, for breaking some barriers. And I much appreciate it. And, and you got, you guys got my respect. I got to love that. I I think that maybe why my my Twitter isn't, uh, isn't as popping as I would like it to be. (laughs) (laughs) I have a hard time but separating those things. Don't get me wrong. I, I have I have a mindset and I have, you know, my, my heart is open to all that stuff and I get it. I think a lot of it comes from the wrong point, from the wrong starting spot. But, you know, I am conscious of it. I am, you know, compassionate towards it. I just I just wanted to give that, that shout out. I think we're we're making some progress as a society. League-wise, league wise, I yeah. think that is a phenomenal point. And I, I want to give you kudos, Jim, because uh, Real Talk, that is an awesome, that is an awesome, awesome kind of uh, change in direction for us. Um, if I may, just for one second, I want to give a shout out to Colette Smith, Colette V. Smith, who was our first female um, assistant. Mm-hmm. On Todd Bolt's staff. I've been following Colette for for some time, and uh, you know yep. she actually played football. You know when they had the women's league, and, and I mean I'm talking about flag. I'm talking about put your pads on, put your put your mouthpiece in, and go ahead and smash somebody. So um, I really I, I think that we have some work to do in that regard, but it's not like we haven't done any work there. Um, and to Jim's point, I think that what we're seeing right now is um, two teams that are at the the highest uh, peaks of of what this game can afford. Mm-hmm. They're doing it with female representation, and uh, that's going to open the floodgates too. Exactly. As a man who has three daughters and and, and believe that they can I have two, they want you know what I'm saying. Again, all right. Respect. Respect. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to do it for today's episode of Weapon Todd, a New York Jets fan broadcast here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, Sports World Radio, and Snowman Digital Media. I'd like to thank every single one of you who tuned in today. Who gave us gave us uh, comments in the com- in the comments section? Who interacted with us throughout the entire show? And we look forward to seeing you guys again next week. And also, for some people who have asked inside the comments, there's been a couple of requests for an after dark show. Uh, we are going to try to put one together this upcoming Thursday. Um, we're going to hopefully have some guests joining uh, Kevin, Jimmy, and myself, and it's going to be a great old time. Remember, it's going to be exclusively on the Weapons Hot YouTube channel. 
So, if you haven't already liked and subscribed to the YouTube channel, go right ahead and make sure you do. Our pilot episode is up there, and it's funny as all heck, and we got a great response out of it so far. Let's keep it going. Let's keep building those subscribers. Let's keep building that volume going in. And also, don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at CNC Jets Factor. You can follow me at JetsFan0523. My partner in crime on the other side of the gra- uh, on the other side of the glass. The both of them. Mr. Kevin Jackson at Spotty Blackman. And Jimmy the Reaper Jardine at Jets by Jimmy. Weapons out is a Facebook page. Be sure to go up. Hit that like, subscribe button, our content's up there. Message us, we'll message you right back. We love talking back and forth with fans about the New York Jets. Also, leave us some feedback about how we're doing here on Weapons Hot. Because without you guys, this show would not exist. We love you guys very much. Also, don't forget to go to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network Facebook page. Like that page, subscribe, download the app. That's how you can consume Weapons Hot whenever you would like and the all, the other awesome shows on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Again, shout out to Errol Marks. Shout out to Kyle Kloiber. Shout out to everyone. Everyone. The Sports Hit List. Uh, the Ryan Hickey Show. Everybody. Okay, everybody who, who does their show. Joshua Silverberg with Off the, off the Mat. Shout out to all of those peeps out there that put their time, put their love, put their energy in the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We love you guys so much. We thank you for the opportunity to be a part of this network. And of course, don't forget, follow us on Sports War Radio. Go to Snowman Digital Media. Follow us there. Any place that you can like and subscribe and interact with Weapons Hot. We love hearing from you guys. We love you guys so much. Jimmy, you got a couple of shout outs. Take it away. So I do want to point out that I'm looking at our Weapons Hot YouTube channel, and we are 43 subscribers away from 100. If we hit that 100 mark, we get to actually put a custom URL on the channel, so it's much, much, much easier to find. So if you guys uh, will we'll be posting that all over Facebook and everything else, if you guys could go ahead and give the channel a subscription, we'd much appreciate it. That way we can we can get it out to more people. Uh, lastly, the only other shout out I have is I will be on Green Beans uh, 10 o'clock mock tomorrow night. And we're going to be doing uh, a full on Deshaun Watson plus a dollar amount free agency for the New York Jets, a free agency mock that are going to include contract numbers. Uh, we're going to go through the cap. We're going to go through everything. So that's going to be tomorrow night, 10 o'clock p.m. And uh, yeah, if you guys can make that, that'd be awesome. I'll be there for that. That's going to be dope. Yep, absolutely. And shout out to Jets 24-7 uh, yeah, uh, uh, radio program for embracing uh, Jimmy the Reaper, Jardine, uh, helping them out. We love that cross promo. We love those guys over there. And, you know, they do tremendous work as well. So please give them a like, give them a subscribe and a follow as well. Also, shout out to Ain't Easy Being Green podcast. Um, wow. They have their Denzel Mims interview exclusive uh, up Ooh. not uh, not only on SoundCloud but also on their brand new YouTube channel. Be sure to go and check them out. Leave them a like, give them a follow. Shout out to Michael Garris, Keith Farrell, and Nicholas Cronk. You guys are <laughs> awesome, man. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, for Mr. Kevin Jackson, otherwise known as Spotty Blackman, Mr. Jimmy the Reaper Jardine, this is your host CJ the Painkiller D Simone signing off for today. We will see you guys when we see you guys. Peace, love, go Jets, enjoy the Super Bowl, and I'm leaving you tonight, or this afternoon, should I say, 
which still, in my opinion, is the best chant in the National Football League. We'll see you guys again. Take care. Go Chiefs. We'll catch you guys next week. Take care. Don't forget to look out for After Dark. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network.